Welcome to episode number 19 of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane, the Raw Tarian, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about how to make raw cake. We're going to talk about different ways to make it using dehydrators, freezers, refrigerators, and how to ice them and all kinds of good stuff like that. So stay tuned and I will be back with you shortly. Thank you so much for joining me on the Raw Food Podcast. The past couple of episodes have been really fun and different for me. We had guests on the show, but today it's just me and that's that's cool. I'm happy with me, just like how you should be happy with you. We all have to love each other and love ourselves too. <laughs> oh dear, we're off to an incredible start for the Raw Food Podcast with me on my own just yammering on about raw cake. Well, I'm pretty excited about this episode because I think there's actually some useful tips that I can share with you. I know that depending on the occasion and depending on our equipment, we have to use different recipes and different um, methods to make raw cake. So it's going to be a great episode. I think the way I've sketched it out is we're going to talk about three main different ways of making raw vegan cake using predominantly just Uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Not too many vegetables in cake, but you never know. We do throw in some carrot and some zucchini in there sometimes. So really, I am going to be talking about the three different ways to make cake, or at least the three ways I make cake, and that would be making the batter, so to speak, and popping it in the fridge. We're going to talk about that, refrigerated cakes. That's the first topic. Then we're also going to talk about freezer cakes, which are some of my favorite cakes, and that's going to be the second thing we're going to talk about. Then we are going to touch on dehydrating cake and how to do that as well. It's not going to be the main focus of the show today, but we will for sure talk about it. And then throughout all of those um, three cake methods, we're also going to talk about icing, which is delicious, and you stick your finger in the blender, and you pop it in your mouth, and you just eat as much icing as you can when you are making that that icing. So that's the general layout of the episode today. And we might as well just jump right in to talking about, well, first let's just give a general overview about raw cake. So of course it's a raw recipe. It's predominantly gonna be using um, usually fruits, a lot of dates often. And that's really gonna be used as a sweetener. Plus you're also going to have other sweeteners maybe uh, sort of a more liquid sweetener, which sometimes, depending on how you like to groove your sweetener, you could be using agave nectar or honey or maple syrup or stevia. And those kinds of things are, are very good sweeteners as well. So really, you're going to be making your cake out of nuts and fruit and some sort of sweetener. And of course, when I'm using the terminology cake in this episode, I'm sort of seeing that as a bigger category of things you might want to make, things you could put a candle in for a birthday, for example, or, um, so it's a little bit of a flexible definition. For example, I will talk about some pies on this episode and also, um, some sort of more like square type things. But I mean, these categories are very malleable and flexible. And I mean, they're sweet things that taste good and that you can have for dessert and that kind of cake ish in a big pan. So, Let's just dive right into that first category of refrigerator cakes. So 
this is basically going to have to give you a little bit of background that most of the time when you're making a cake, regardless of whether you're popping that in the fridge, the freezer, or the dehydrator, you're usually going to be using a food processor to make your batter. So that's generally the equipment that you're going to need to make the cake part. So all you're going to be doing is throwing in uh, your ingredients into your food processor, pulsing and processing them up so that they get all intermingled and and cake-like. And then you're going to be throwing those in some kind of dish or perhaps putting out a nice fancy plate and molding it into a cake-like shape if you don't want to have it stuck inside a pan. And then really you're going to be, at that point, then you're going to either be refrigerating it or freezing it or dehydrating it. So that's the bigger picture conversation. And then depending on the type or the method, oh man, this sounds complicated, doesn't it? But I will, I will break it down for you. Don't worry. But depending on which method you're using, you're going to put your icing on sometimes at the very end or sometimes at the beginning. Um, Meaning that like, well, even if we take our first category of refrigerated cakes, you're going to be making your cake immediately making your icing, which is usually made in a blender, blending up things maybe like cashews and dates or something like that, or maybe some um, raw cacao for a chocolatey icing. So for a refrigerator cake, usually you're going to put that icing on right away, and then you're going to pop that whole cake, icing and all, in the fridge to let it solidify. Whereas with some other types, you might have to wait a bit and then put the icing on later, but we will get into that. So let's just talk about refrigerator cakes and some concepts and types of recipes that are refrigerator cakes. So I recently posted uh, a cake on my raw recipe site at therawtarian.com, which I was calling a refrigerator carrot cake. So essentially how that one worked was all we really did was put the ingredients, which is like walnuts, raisins, cinnamon, carrots, a bunch of stuff like that, put that in a food processor, pulsed it up. And then I actually with that one, it was for my birthday. And uh, so we actually just molded that batter. My husband actually made it for me with some guidance from me. And he molded it onto a plate so that it kind of looked like a cake, you know? And the way that batter of that one was, it's quite the perfect consistency to mold it. And I'm going to say refrigerator cakes generally have that good consistency to mold them on a plate. Um, Freezer and dehydrator, not so much. They kind of need to set Um, We won't talk about those yet, but for the refrigerator cakes, it's frequently something you can do. So in this case, he molded it into a a cake shape using his hands, and then he whipped up a cashew sweet lemony icing in the blender. And really all you do is you throw all the ingredients in the blender and you blend it up, and then it turns into an icing, and then you just slot that icing on your cake And then you pop that whole thing in the fridge. And with that carrot cake recipe, it firms up really nice and quick. And then it's basically ready to go in, you know, an hour of being in the fridge. So that's one general overview of how you can make a refrigerator cake. And really all of these cakes, they do need 
to set and solidify a little bit and that could be in the fridge or the freezer or the dehydrator but usually they do need a little bit of time um, you know in this case at least about one hour so that you can nicely cut it with a knife and um, it's not really like for hygiene or whatever the word is like say food safety reasons it's more just so that it has a better consistency and really holds its shape because if it's all room temperature and warm it's going to just be kind of like a sloppy mess so these uh, methods of either putting it in the fridge or the freezer or the dehydrator are really what's gonna take it from being kind of like a mess into something that totally holds up shape and it looks fabulous so i don't actually tend to make too many refrigerated cakes i pretty much exclusively not exclusively but my go-to method is the freezer but in your recipe it's going to tell you what to do and some recipes really shouldn't you can't just like be like hmm I'm going to choose which method I'm going to do you really need to follow the directions another refrigerator we could call it a cake I know you're so sick of hearing me talk about my brownie recipe I'm sick of talking about my brownie recipe but it keeps coming up again and again so I have a good brownie recipe that's like pecans dates cacao etc and it's the same process you throw that all in the food processor and then you make some chocolate icing and then you slop that icing on top and then you have brownies and those need to be put in the fridge so that they will solidify lately actually i thought oh i wonder if i could freeze the brownies because i was on this major freezing kick of like freezing everything but actually that brownie recipe which normally i put in the fridge i froze it and um i mean you can freeze it for safekeeping but this was freezing it to kind of make like an ice cream cake kind of thing and it was way too hard it just froze so densely i could barely cut into it and it just was not a good freezer recipe so not all recipes can just go in either of these three methods so that's a little bit about the refrigerator cakes as i mentioned i don't do too many of them um predominantly of the three categories i use the freezing a lot i barely ever dehydrate cakes you probably know this from listening to some of my past episodes but really when i dehydrate a raw vegan recipe it is a savory recipe which savory is obviously the opposite of sweet it's a salty you know like a veggie burger or crackers or things like that that's generally what I use my dehydrator for. You can make a lot of wonderful sweets in your dehydrator, but cakes, I'm not gonna wait for like 15 hours when I could just pop something in the freezer and have it be ready in one hour. So I don't make a whole lot of those, but I will talk about them at the end. But right now we're still on that first topic of the refrigerator cakes. And those are just a couple of main examples that I had. Um, I think on my on my website at therawtearing.com I have a birthday cake I call it and it's just super simple and basic and it's just like some fruit and some nuts and it's really the same as as what I mentioned before you're going to food process it process process and then you're going to put it in the fridge so that is basically it and a lot of these cakes are pretty sweet on their own so if you're in a mad rush or you don't a blender or something like that you don't always have to ice them I mean 
if it's the choice between um, no dessert or a cake with no icing, I would definitely choose the cake with no icing. So sometimes I will make stuff without icing, but depends on what you're using it for. And I mean, that kind of goes without saying for all of this stuff, I guess. So that's one quick and easy way to make a cake, a raw cake, is to pop it in the fridge. Now my lately, my favorite type of thing to make is a freezer cake. And frequently these might look a little bit more like pies the way I make them because what I tend to do is make a little bit of a crust base with maybe some cashews and some coconut and some dates and food process that. And then I will make a liquidy sort of mixture. Hmm, the consistency of it is kind of like a runny icing. So it's like icing, but a little bit runnier. And I'll make that in my blender. Then I pour that, oh my God, are you getting, are you just like salivating? <laughs> Cause I am, I'm like, mm, cake. I might have to make some cake after this. But yeah, so you've got this liquidy, kind of stiff, but kind of liquidy mixture in your blender. An example might be, I have a fabulous banana cream pie that I make a little bit of a crust. So I food process up the crust with cashews and coconut and dates and a few things. Then I shove that crust down into even like a pie pan. So just shove it with my hands, press it down and that's it. Then I'll take this mix, this banana kind of creamy icing thing that I've made in my blender and I will kind of pour it on top to fill up that, you know, just like a banana cream pie. So you're pouring your banana creaminess into the dish and then basically that's it. Then all you're going to do is instead of popping it in the fridge, you're going to pop that in the freezer and then it's going to harden. But it's not going to become rock hard. It's going to be this fabulous texture, even if you leave it in there for a week. I don't know how you could have the willpower to do that, but even if you left it in there for a week, it's not going to become like tear. It's not going to be like an ice cube, you know, that's hard to eat. It's going to be really solid, but it's not going to be like, you don't have to defrost it. The idea is they're kind of like mm, almost an ice cream cake in that you just take it out of the, the freezer and you eat it. And that's how it works. So a very important point to talk about when we're talking about freezer cakes or freezer pies or whatever you want to call them. Um, a hugely important point is almost all of my freezer cakes, the crust has basic ingredients and the main totally super secret ingredient that you need to know about and keep in your raw pantry is a concept of coconut oil. <laughs> Did you like how I really paused and said coconut oil? This is something you can buy at your health food store. Usually it's, it doesn't really, it's not sold at the um, grocery store. It's really something that you, I think it's like in North America anyway, it might be just labeled as like a health product. So it it's easy to find locally, but it might have to go to your health food store to get it, or you could certainly buy it online. It's just oil from coconuts. It's way different than 
olive oil or any kind of oil. A lot of people will ask me, well, it's an oil. Can't I just use, you know, extra virgin olive oil or whatever? No, you can't. Coconut oil. First of all, it does have a sort of subtle coconut, nut, coconut e sort of flavor. But the main important reason why it's so necessary, I'll use the banana cream pie as an example. We're going to have some bananas in the blender. We're going to have some cashews to give it a creaminess. And we're going to add, I forget what it is, but maybe like two tablespoons or a third of a cup of coconut oil. And we're going to blend that all together. And it's just going to become this oozy, fabulous banana cream mixture. But the addition of that coconut oil is going to, when you freeze it, it's going to help the freezer pie get that fabulous consistency that we want. It's going to solidify. It's going to be hard, but not too hard. And really what makes that texture is the coconut oil. Absolutely. So you'll notice that in a lot of my recipes that are freezer cake or freezer pie recipes, it does call for coconut oil and it's very important. So coconut oil, it has a lot of good fat in it. It's very uh, heavy. It's very um, important to use in these recipes. So you can't really substitute anything else for it. You just need to get it. Now it is kind of expensive, but it goes a long way. So that's a little bit about the freezer cakes. For example, let me just rattle off a few of my freezer cakes. You can get all these recipes for free at therawtarian.com. And here's a couple of recent ones that I've made. It might be pumpkin pie, which has a crust, and again, made in the food processor. And then the filling for the pie, the pumpkin part would be I put some pumpkin and I think that one actually has a bit of carrot too and then some probably cashews and a sweetener to make a and coconut oil <laughs> and then it's going to make this again coke no not coconut pumpkin-y mixture that is nice and soft and smooth but like when you hold your blender like upside down it'll kind of stick to the sides so it has a very you know I'm done explaining way too much about the texture. I'm going off on a tangent. But anyway, so like a pumpkin pie, it's the same idea as the banana cream pie. I have an apple pie recipe, which is actually a little bit different. And maybe I can use that as a second example right now. But before I talk about that apple pie, there's a cheesecake recipe, which is really similar. You've got your nutty fruity crust. You've got a creamy cashew type filling with coconut oil in it. Are you getting the drift? And then actually that one has a third layer on top, which is like fruit basically. Like I make like a strawberry, um, really simple, just like whiz up some strawberries really and throw that on the top. And then you freeze that whole thing and it's cheesecake and it's delicious. So those would be some freezer cakes and pies. Now about the apple pie, I haven't made that one in a while, but I think I remember how it is and it's so good. Again, you have a nutty crust, very simple, made in your food processor with a few probably dates and nuts and coconut. That's a very good basic crust. Then what we do with that one, it actually does not involve a blender, the apple pie one. You just 
in you clean out your food processor I mean yeah your food processor and then you would add some stuff I forget apples dates a few spices and then you make kind of like a weird apple mixture in your food processor and then we had added some roughly kind of chopped apples and then we kind of like blend that all together and then we dump that on top of the crust and then we freeze that and it's the same same concept so all of these freezer cakes and pies need to be made frozen left in the freezer never defrosted when you want to eat them you take it out usually they're ideal if you can take it out and leave it maybe in room temperature, if it's reasonable temperature, you know, not too hot. Leave it out for maybe 10 minutes and that'll just soften up just slightly, but you don't wanna leave it out for like very long. Like for example, here's what I would do. If I was hosting a fabulous dinner party and I was wearing high heels and like this fabulous dress, I haven't worn high heels in a long time, but I'm go with me here on this fantastical mental journey. So if I'm hosting these fabulous people over for this fabulous raw dinner, and then I'm going to serve them freezer apple pie after dinner, this is what I would do. I would have that, of course, in my freezer already made. And then I would be like, hmm, we're about to have dessert. I'm going to take this frozen pie out. I'm going to cut some slices, put each slice on a piece of, I mean, on a plate. Then I'm maybe going to be like, hey, everybody, look at this painting on the wall. Isn't it fabulous? And distract them for like five or seven minutes just to let those slices slightly thaw out. Not really necessary, but this is for ideal if I really want to impress my guests. So then we're going to just let them kind of like just slightly thaw for a few minutes. And then I'm going to be like, okay, the the dessert is now served. And then we would eat them. And my guests would think I was fabulous and everyone would be happy. So this is how I see the world. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that gives you an idea. And I feel like I'm giving you the impression that it needs to be like defrosted. And it really does not. It's just that like five minutes of slight defrosting makes it the texture just slightly better but ultimately keep that sucker in the frid in the freezer don't take it out just leave it in there and cut slices off as you need them think of it really as an ice cream cake any type of freezer raw dessert like that so that is a little bit about the freezer cakes and pies And I love those. I'm really on a kick of those because it can actually be made really quickly. And usually my recipes will just be like a really simple crust and then that you make in the food processor, some creamy mixture thing that you put as like your pie filling kind of thing. And then you freeze it and it's really easy. And then in like an hour or something, it's like very solid and edible and delicious. So those are the freezer cakes. Now, dehydrating. I really do just, I don't know if it's my personality or the habits I've gotten into or what. I barely ever make anything sweet in my dehydrator. I make a lot of savory things all the time, but I guess for me, I find dehydrating to be like very annoying. I definitely do it and it's totally worth it, but I'm only going to do it 
for things that I feel are worth it. When I, if I'm having a sweet craving, I would way rather take 20 minutes to sort of quote unquote uncook the actual item than and then pop that in the freezer. Like if I make this like just right before dinner, I can make this and I know that that'll be a fabulous dessert ready right after. Whereas if I'm going to make some kind of like dehydrated thing, it's just like takes so long. And just for me, I can way better satisfy my sweet cravings with so many other recipes that I don't bother dehydrating cakes. I do like to dehydrate some sweet things like um, dehydrated bananas are fabulous and like fruit leather and crepes and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't really make a lot of cakes. You can, and I certainly have. For a while, a couple of years ago, when I was working on my Raw Dehydrating 101 course, I was like crazy into <laughs> dehydrating all the time. So I, I certainly do have a different carrot cake recipe that needs to be dehydrated. You know, I have some sweet breads. I have zucchini bread, chocolate cake, stuff like that, that can be dehydrated. But really, it's it's here's the thing. The only real difference is take your mind back to the refrigerator cakes, right? Let's talk about the carrot cake. So we made all this, we threw these carrots and nuts and whatnot into our food processor and the texture and the moisture of that concoction or batter was so perfect. It just really needed to be, I shouldn't say perfect, it's so perfectly dry it's not a big wet goopy mess so therefore we just pop that in the in the fridge to solidify and we're good to go but other recipes like even my dehydrator cake recipe the main reason it needs to be dehydrated is because it's really wet so it's all about how you make the batter really that is different between these two carrot cake examples anyway. So like here would be an example. Let's pretend I was trying to make the refrigerator. Oh my God, is this confusing? <laughs> Go with me here. I'm trying to make the refrigerator cake for the carrot cake. So I'm like, do, 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 making it and whatever. And something happens and some fresh squeezed orange juice, like <sighs> one cup of fresh squeezed orange juice accidentally spews into the into my batter. And I'm like, crap, my thing is ruined. This won't work as a refrigerator thing. It's too wet and goopy. You know, what am I going to do? Sacre bleu. So I think, hmm, it's too wet. How am I gonna get this moisture out of this? Dun, 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 dehydrator. <laughs> so really your dehydrated sweet things are just gonna be they need some moisture taken out of them to solidify. So that is the main thing going on there. So I definitely do have some dehydrated cake recipes, but especially if you're new to raw food, which I know some of you are, there's so many easier, quicker, sweet, fabulous things that you don't necessarily need to make your cake in your dehydrator. You can, and perhaps if you want a more cakey type consistency it might be more achievable that way I mean you know when you think of like a chocolate cake it's got that spongy um, moistness that a freezer cake certainly would not have at all ever a refrigerator cake 
could have somewhat of a cake-ish texture, you're going to get your most cake-like texture in your dehydrator. So if you're very picky or something, or if you were sort of a gourmet type person that really wants to tackle that, I would definitely suggest that your dehydrator is the way to go with that. But I'm not so much into that just because I have so many other excellent recipes. So that is a little bit about the dehydrating. Um, and frequently too, one tip I should give with about that is it's when you're dehydrating something, you don't want to put a huge cake in your dehydrator. Cause when let's think of a cake, you know, it's, it's as round as a plate, for example, and it's maybe a few inches high. So what that means is that it's going to be dried out on the outside, but right smack in the middle of the cake, if you shove your finger down in the middle of the cake, it's going to be really wet in there. So what I tend to do with sweet or savory things is I like to, if again, this is kind of like if you're new and just experimenting with this, it's probably way easier if you are making a dehydrated cake to form little cake slices or I think in one of my recipes, I wrote, shape it like a hash brown. I don't know if you know what that is, but, um, you know, almost like a, I don't know, like a veggie burger or, you know, like little slices as opposed to one huge, gigantic, crazy thick cake that's not going to dehydrate consistently because all we need to do is give the batter the most areas that are exposed to air. So if you're dehydrating little slices of cake, it's going to be faster and more consistent than like one gigantic cake shape. <laughs> so that is a little bit about cake in the dehydrator. The next subject that I'd like to talk about is dun, 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 icing. Oh yeah, I didn't really talk about this. So let's go through the Let's talk about icing in the context of these three methods of the refrigerator cake, the freezer cake, and the dehydrated thing. Usually with the refrigerated cake, you're going to put that icing on right away and you're good to go. So you make the cake, you make the icing, you assemble it all together, and then you refrigerate. Same thing with the freezer. So you make your cake, you put whatever icing you want or usually it's more like a pie filling type thing, and you put that whole thing and freeze it together. With the dehydrator stuff, you do not ice until it comes out of the dehydrator. So let's pretend we're making a chocolate cake in the dehydrator. You make your batter, you form it into little cakey type things, you pop that in the dehydrator, dehydrate for however many hours is necessary, like depending on the recipe, it could be like 10 hours or whatever. When it comes out, then you ice and probably you would store that in the fridge, your iced things. Yeah, your iced dehydrator cakes, I mean. Now, in terms of types of icing, let me give you some samples of icing that are kind of my go-to icings. And also coconut oil. Remember I was drilling into your head about that is very useful. 
in the pie filling and also in the icing. So that can be a very important ingredient as well. So really my chocolate go-to icing is in a blender. I'm going to put, I don't have the measurements, but let me think. I'm going to put something like one cup. You can get all these recipes for free. Just go to therawtaron.com. <laughs> but something like um, one cup of dates. Nobody likes the taste of dates. The reason we use dates in so many gosh darn raw recipes is because they're fabulously sweet and nothing really tastes like dates. You give it other flavors. <laughs> Sorry, tangent. So we are going to put one cup of dates in our blender. We're going to add, I don't remember, a quarter of a cup of raw cacao, you know, cocoa powder type chocolatey goodness. We're going to add some water and we are going to add some coconut oil. <laughs> and then we're going to just blend that up and it needs to be blended for quite a while. And if your dates are really hard and if your blender sucks, you should probably pre-soak your dates. And then you're going to be shocked at how good that... Okay, those measurements were slightly off, but that gives you the gist of it. And you can get that at my website. But basically, you're going to put all those things in the blender, blend it all up, and then you're going to be like mind blown at how chocolatey and yummy and Duncan Heinze that's going to taste. There's no additional sweeteners added even in that recipe. The dates are the only sweetening agent in there and they're super sweet and it just tastes like chocolate. It doesn't taste like dates per se. So that's my definite go-to chocolate icing. And one thing that's nice about that one is you probably know that a lot of my recipes do use cashews, but that one has no nuts in it. And so that's a fabulous option. Now for sort of a vanilla or cream cheese style icing, I would, again, in, I make all my icings in my blender. I have a very fabulous Vitamix blender, which is like super high speed and awesome. Um, and if your blender is not awesome, which mine was not when I first got into this, so no worries there but you might need to soak some of your stuff to soften it first. Um, yep. But so for my vanilla kind of cream cheese icing type thing, usually I will use um, cashews and maybe some vanilla bean or pure vanilla extract, a little pinch of salt to bring out those flavors, some sweetener. As I mentioned at the beginning, you could use stevia, honey, agave nectar, maple syrup, those, some of those are very controversial. Honey is not vegan, but I actually use it. Um, I live in a rural community and I, I know my honey guy. And I prefer at the beginning when I first went raw, I was using agave nectar, but it's like imported and packaged up. And I'd rather get honey, even though it is not vegan. So honey, maple syrup, maple syrup is common in raw food recipes, but it definitely has been heated. But you want to get the pure maple syrup if you're going to go that route. And stevia is like a powder or liquid. You can get that at a health food store. It's like ground up stevia leaves. It's crazy potent. Some people don't like the flavor of it. They say it tastes a little bit artificial or has kind of a weird chemically taste. But it's if you get real good stevia, it's... Um, you know, it is a natural product, but I don't tend to use it that much. And you can't 
easily substitute stuff because if you're going to have a recipe that has, for example, a third of a cup of agave nectar, and if you're going to take out that agave nectar and instead put in like a pinch of stevia powder, you're going to, re- you have to realize that that sweet, what did I say? Agave nectar, right? That that agave nectar, not only did it provide sweetness, but it provided some wetness, some moisture and some liquid to help the, you know, so you, stevia can't easily be as substituted. Um, you can certainly, but you just can't like just completely take it out because it will change the texture of the recipe. I'm not at all down on stevia. It's just, I'm trying to help you make substitutions when you need to. So if you are going to substitute, you might need to add a bit more water or something like that. So yeah, that's basically all I wanted to say about raw cakes and things. So really in this episode, I really talked about different ways to make cake or pie type things. Now there's certainly other categories of desserts. I make a lot of bars like lemon bars or um, I don't know, kind of macaroon type things, cookies, a pudding. (laughs) I am very addicted to pudding as well. So this really, in this episode, this is just really talking about those sort of traditional cake type, cake and pies, I would say. But there are other raw desserts and they're all fabulous. So I hope this has been really helpful. It has been really fun talking about it. I think I need to go and make some raw cheesecake or something. But yes, I have pretty much all of the recipes that I've talked about, except maybe some of the dehydrator stuff that's probably only available in my members only, the Rawtarian's Kitchen, but which you can join. Um, but pretty much all of those other recipes, I think you can get for free at my website. So come on over and check that out. And if you do make any of my recipes, And if you love them, I want to hear about it. And if you're like, this was a horrible recipe, I like to hear that too. (laughs) Because I always like to tweak things and learn new things and hear what you think. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode 19 of the Raw Food Podcast. It's been a pleasure and I really hope um, that you enjoyed it. And my last word is if you do enjoy this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review in iTunes if you know what iTunes is and if you're an Apple person, if you could just give a, an honest review of the um, podcast, that would be very helpful because it, it, when you have better reviews or more of them, it helps me to get more people to listen to the show. So thank you. And uh, I guess I will end it there. Thank you so much for being with me. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.